Welcome to another edition of Tech Writer Voices. I'm your host, Tom Johnson, and today is a car cast. If you can hear the hum of the engine, that's the engine of my 1991 Toyota Camry. Yeah, it's quite an old car. Um, before we get started, I just want to give a little background information on the podcast for new listeners. It's been a while since I've delivered a podcast, since I've interviewed anybody, probably two, three months. In that time, we've probably accrued quite a few new listeners. Tech Writer Voices is one of the few podcasts that's dedicated to technical writing. There's only a couple of other podcasts that even really approach the subject. One is DMN Communications, which you can go to at dmncommunications.com, find info there. And uh, there's another one, I can't even remember, it's something like uh, Malcontent, The Malcontents, but they, they deliver about one podcast a month, I think. And it's basically more around content management. But Tech Writer Voices is a podcast that, that specifically focuses on technical communication. It started simply as being recordings of the chapter presentations and it evolved into me interviewing lots of people by phone or in person at a conference and now it is being delivered as a car cast which is just a podcast in a car while I drive today I want to talk about SMEs and interacting with SMEs SMEs are subject matter experts as you probably know And they're really integral to working on any kind of project because they usually hold the information that you need to write a successful document. The SMEs are often the people who are programming an application, who are developing something or configuring or setting something up. They hold an immense amount of technical knowledge. For the most part, they're engineers or they just could be techies of some kind. They often speak in acronyms or or bandy about concepts that may be new or uh, only understood by other developers. So communicating with them can be a challenge. But I think that the biggest tip for getting information out of SMEs isn't a matter of setting up meetings or figuring out the right questions to ask or changing your demeanor or anything like that. The trick to interacting with SMEs comes down to location. If you're sitting next to a SME, automatically you're just going to be saturated in all the information that you need to know. Well, not not necessarily automatically, but by and large, location is probably one of the biggest factors in enabling communication than anything else. Before I get into the advantages of, of sitting next to SMEs, I do, I do want to outline a few of the disadvantages of sitting next to SMEs. And I'm talking as if you have uh, autonomy over where you sit in an IT organization. I mean, by and large, you, you probably accepted a job where you were assigned a seat where somebody before you had sat. Had sat and you may think that you're just uh, required to re- remain in your cube or your office even though it may be 
a department or two away from where the SMEs are, maybe an entire building away. Um, but, but if you do have the opportunity to relocate, if you've got a laptop where you can be mobile and change seats, even if it's just a temporary thing, if it's just a one or two hour thing where you can go and sit near the SMEs, it can make a difference. So, so don't have it in your mind that you can't ever change where you sit. Um, cause, cause it might just be possible. Now, if you are lucky enough to sit next to SMEs, you'll notice that it's not quite the same environment as sitting next to other technical writers. If you sit next to a SME, most likely you're going to experience a lot of disruptions because SMEs can be noisy people. For the first, uh, on the first part, they, they're often getting up and going into server rooms, data centers. They're actively collaborating with other developers in the area, talking over walls or looking over each other's shoulders. Um, a lot of times SMEs will talk problems through so they can have one-way conversations directly with their computer, which can be really, really annoying if you're trying to concentrate on a document. Or some SMEs can be really emotional. A lot of their day is spent problem-solving. So when they're solving a problem and they're getting it right, they can be really excited and happy and, and practically singing to themselves. On the other hand, when they can't figure something out, they can be angry at their computer, they can swear at it, they can <laughs> have these sudden out, outbursts of, of anger. So, by and large, they can be a, quite a bit more disruptive than, than other tech writers. Tech writers, if you sit next to them, often you just hear typing or, at the worst, somebody talking on their phone. But uh, it's a whole new ballgame when you're in the SME environment. That disruption can be a big uh, deterrent, but for the most part, disruptions are are not as big a problem as not getting the information you need. You can usually put on headphones and tune people out, or you can just learn to concentrate. A lot of a lot of uh, reporters used to work or still work in noisy rooms where there's lots of information around being shouted back and forth people on the phone talking really loudly and yet they still managed to crank out um, articles that were coherent and well thought out so let me let me get into more of the advantages of sitting next to SMEs because I really think that um, you know the location is everything I, I, this okay before I get into this I just want to take a little side note here this whole topic came up to me because I, I recently had the experience of sitting right next to SMEs and then sitting totally remotely located from them. You know, at first I, I didn't really have my own space and so I was I was sitting right in the same cube as this other lead technical SME and it was really quite a fun thing because I felt more integrated into the project than I'd ever felt before. And I had, I had a first-hand knowledge and observance of what was going on and that's what that's probably the best thing is that you you're not out of the loop when you're when you're in with the SMEs you know if they're changing the plans or you know if if something's not working and they have to implement a workaround 
you know what the what the big issues are going on in the project and you know how it's progressing you know if if they're running into a bunch of snags or if they're they're figuring it out and and moving up moving right along on the other hand if you're if you're remotely located in another place you may not even have a clue what's going on you may not even know if the developers are in today much less how they're progressing on the project and without that knowledge you you kind of write in the dark another big advantage of the SME is that you get information at times when you're not really expecting it so for example a SME might might installing something and and has a little moment or maybe they just feel like they need a break because they've been racking their brains trying to solve a problem and they just need to kind of walk to the water cooler and chat a little bit or maybe they've they're waiting for something to install and they've got five minutes well a SME will often just wander over to you if you're right nearby and will dump a bunch of information on you it will will be there to answer questions and and that's the perfect time and you have to recognize these times when they're available because these people are often very busy looking I say busy looking because we're all busy, but they tend to look more busy than than most people. But um, when when the opportunities arise where the SMEs are in a standstill or they just feel like talking to you, it can be the greatest greatest thing for you for you in terms of your writing because you suddenly have open access. You have the ability to just squeeze information from them on how things work. Now, a lot of times that can <clears throat> backfire because they can begin explaining things that you don't need to know. They can they know how to build things from the ground up and the users who are using them, using the products that they're going to create, often don't need this detail. So it could be confusing. It could throw you off in that regard in, in terms of getting too much. But But getting too much information is always better than getting too little information. Finally, the probably another big advantage of sitting next to SMEs is that you build you build relationships with them, you build rapport. They begin to trust you and you begin to be more than just the documentation person who is this nameless figure who is another uh, step in a long process they have to somehow get through. You become a real person and you begin to develop trust and, and friendship with them. And that can go a long way in in getting information because if they trust you and like you, they're more apt to talk to you. And if they're more apt to talk to you, you're more apt to get more communication. Now, one of the things that I'm remembering right now is a podcast I did a long time ago with Emma Hamer, who is a performance consultant up in Canada. And she... She was saying that if she could change the way or what she recommends for IT organizations to improve their performance is for project teams to sit together. A lot of times, um, IT organizations are set up organ- departmentally. So you have the quality and assurance department on this floor, you have the programmers on this floor, you have the project managers on another area, you have the technical publications department in a different area, and everybody's segregated from each other. They're, they're like siloed away. 
Um, and then, of course, when a project is taking place, you get one person from each or however many resources from each department suddenly collaborating, but they often collaborate in official project meetings, which, you know, don't always uh, make the most productive use of time. What Emma was recommending was for teams to be set up mobily so and grouped together. So if people are all working on the same project... They should all be grouped together. So the project manager should be sitting next to the developer who should be sitting right next to the, the documentation person who should be sitting next to the, the uh, usability specialist, if you have one. You should be sitting next to the quality and assurance people. Imagine a project where all these people were together in the same room and not just in an official meeting with an official agenda, but were actually just collaborating in the same workspace you would you would have it would be the ultimate information saturation experience so many projects seem to run into issues where where communication is blamed as the, as the culprit for failure a lot of times it's the technical writer who says nobody ever told me about that change but it's not just us it can be people throughout the development team. Developers may not know business requirements that a, that a business analyst um, gathers. Or the developers may change things that requires um, some kind of usability tweak. So when people are grouped together, the communication is, is much stronger. So coming back to the role of the technical writer, I think in order to be mobile, you have to you have to have a couple of things. One, you probably probably need a laptop so that you can work in different locations. Two, I think you need a workspace that isn't a cube farm where people uh, sit permanently. I think you need large tables with lots of places to plug in or wireless connections. <clears throat> I I know it's a radical shift and, and it's, it's probably more than people can do, but, but the whole idea of the permanent office, <clears throat> permanent cube, or that's just your lifelong seat or uh, as long as you're going to be at the job, I just don't think it, it works. I think it's really detrimental. I think Emma Hammer really has a key point when she's talking about that. So in the end, if you want to increase collaboration, increase the amount of information you gather, if you want to build rapport with developers and stay in the communication loop, then you're going to have to relocate next to them. If you're already next to them, great. But if you're not, think about it. Try it out. It may just involve getting a getting a laptop and sitting in a, in a little space where you can find um, where you can be and take take advantage of the idle moments when you see the developers <clears throat> who are ready to, to talk documentation ask questions and follow up questions you'll find that developers really love to explain what they do a lot of times we think that, that getting information from them 
is like torturing them or something. They hate it. But really, a lot of times these people come alive when, when you start showing interest in, in their knowledge domain. And they really enjoy it because, A, it, it gives them a chance to explain what they do. But, B, it also gives them a chance to uh, show off their knowledge and, and just to interact. And finally, I guess my last point I want to make is that as you're there, as you are gathering knowledge from them, they are also taking knowledge from you. Even just your presence is communicating to them that uh, documentation is some is a integral role in the project. That in fact, y- you actually are a human being, and that you're working on something that's important, and that s- somehow what they know, their knowledge is integral to what you're working on. They begin to see documentation as something that uh, they need to play a part in. A lot of times engineers have no idea really what we do and they begin to learn about our process, our information gathering process, what we need, diagrams that we need to make, things like that. And they take on an awareness of our role. I think a lot of times we're out of the communication loop, not purposefully, but just because they don't understand what our needs are. And as you are integrated with them, they begin to understand your needs and and help you with that especially if you have a good rapport with them. Okay, that's about all the information I have on SMEs, working with SMEs. It all comes down to location. Uh, A little bit about the podcasts. You'll notice that I had a long hiatus. Well, I did move across the country and change jobs. And I moved from Florida to Utah. Still getting settled in, actually. So... During this time, I I was busy doing other things. I was busy job hunting and job accepting and relocating and packing and moving. There's a lot of a lot of details involved in that. I got out of the habit, but I hope to to go again or get back get back into the habit again by doing more podcasts on Fridays. By far, the most popular podcasts are interviews, not necessarily monologues where I'm t- just talking. Um. So I hope to do more of those. If you have a recommendation, somebody you think I should interview, let me know. I usually just pick topics that I'm personally interested in, <laughs> of course. But uh, if if you have a good idea or if you have an interesting product or service, let me know and I'll interview you about it. Let your chapter know or your friends know about this podcast. Most people are unaware of it. It's a great resource. And finally, if this is your first time listening and you're listening by sitting down at your computer and you've managed to hang on these 20 minutes, I, I really encourage you to invest in a little device known as an FM transmitter. I was just talking, or just communicating with a, a person via email, She's, and I recommended that she either get an FM transmitter or if she worked out a lot to go and get an armband because when you listen to podcasts, I tell you, I don't think I've ever sat in my computer chair while I'm at a desktop computer and listen to a podcast. I always listen while I'm in the car or while I'm working out or while I'm doing something else. In fact, it's uh, kind of funny because now I'm in the car podcasting. So I'm not even sitting at home doing the podcast. I'm doing it while I'm doing something else. And uh, 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just kind of how it works. So an FM transmitter is a device that you plug into your cigarette lighter of your car, and then you it's got one end that you plug into your MP3 player. The wireless part is that it sends signals to your, your car's radio um, to broadcast the sound of your MP3 player. So basically, if it had another wire, it would plug into your, your tape deck or whatever and play through your car's speakers. But wirelessly, you just sync up the uh, FM. Wow, it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. You, you basically just plug in what, what radio station you want to play it through. It's really intuitive once you set it up, and then you can listen to your heart's content. All right, have a good week. Let me know feedback. I'm Tom at Tom at TechWriterVoices.com. I also have a blog at I'd rather be writing.com, ID rather be writing.com. Love to hear feedback. I don't hear near enough feedback on this podcast. Um, so just let me know that you're out there, or if you have any good um, ideas for improvement, if I have antics or quirks that really bug you or, or that you enjoy. All right, have a good week.